There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's brilliant to be back with you again. Um, I hope wherever you are around the world that uh, life is treating you well. And a topic today um, I think is relevant to anybody who finds themselves in a situation where they're feeling outside of their comfort zone. You know, when you feel that need or that desire, either there's a need or desire or you're thrown into a situation that you weren't expecting and you have to step uh, into a new threshold, a new zone, a new pathway uh, in your work, in your life. And I'm going to be talking with uh, Elizabeth Vinberg hearn and John Jennings. Um, and, uh, you know, before I do that, I want to say a thank you to my uh, guest of a couple of weeks ago um, I had on the uh, Peter Roper. We were talking about his new book about reputation. Uh, Peter's a great friend. If you care about your reputation, uh, do check out that interview because he gives some strategies, some ideas on how to improve it. So beyond the comfort zone. Now, have you ever felt that you are in uncharted territory with your business or you found yourself faced with enormous uh, challenge or challenges? Perhaps you felt quite anchored by it, by self-doubt. Now, the conversation today is going to be with Elizabeth Minberg hearn She's a three times best-selling author on leadership and teams. Uh, and actually, she's writing a new book that's published shortly, which is about preparing leaderships for things that you can't prepare for. That's been really interesting and very, very relevant today. Um, Elizabeth lives in the UK. She's uh, um, originally from um, a beautiful country, Sweden. She was from north of the Arctic Circle, um, I believe. Uh, and she's worked with amazing clients all over the globe. Uh, also, um, I'd like to welcome John Jennings. Uh, John is a leadership, engagement and cultural business expert. Again, worked with amazing organizations. He was uh, involved as a branch chairman of the Institute of Directors. He's uh, worked alongside me for a long time. And I think the, the thing I'd love to also share about both Elizabeth and John is they are part of a community that I've created, which is called the Elevation Collective. Uh, it's for highly experienced people who are care in the second half of their careers and they care about contributing to a better world. And we've We've just had our inaugural face-to-face -face, um, Elevation Collective. It was in Windsor in England. Uh, a number of people flew across from the United States for it. Uh, and it's, we started it. I started it in the pandemic. So it has been very much online, but building momentum and growing. And, and I'm really excited about it. And last week we, we got together. Uh, we had an amazing few days together. We actually did some arts. We did some poetry. We've got an amazing artist within the collective. We've got a, a five times uh, published uh, poet. We have all sorts of people with great business experience and wisdom. And there were so many insights and lessons that came out of that gathering, which really relate to making that shift beyond your comfort zone. And therefore, it made sense as we were focusing on, on blazing our own distinctive uh, trails 
uh, within our own work and the contribution that we're making uh, to different initiatives around the globe. We thought, wouldn't it be great to uh, share some of that with you? As the, the, the group itself is invitation only, although the right people are welcome to have a conversation with me. Uh, so I'm going to start the conversation off today. I'm going to um, ask the first question to you, Elizabeth, and I, I just wonder if you could maybe share a little bit about what's been happening to you beyond your comfort zone since the last time you were on the show, which uh, I think was probably maybe a year ago, something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it must have been. It must have been, for sure. Oh, I mean, aren't we thrown out of our comfort zone um, pretty much every day if we open up for being that? I have I have had some, some major change in my personal life over the last year that's definitely pushed me beyond my comfort zone. But I think it's also... Uh, something I am looking for more and more to some degree. So I'm not saying that I'm always in the comfort zone, but I do feel that I want to push myself. I want to continue to stretch that comfort zone a little bit. And I found that to be helpful when the big things happen, because then at least you're used to, you know, doing little pushes against that comfort zone, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, do you, do you feel, do you feel, I mean, I'm, you know, we we we're we're a similar age. We we know each other well. But do you feel that now you're getting, you know, a little bit a little bit older, that actually it becomes even more important to make that push, to make your Probably. life live uh, well. Yeah, I'm sure we can all get very comfortable in many ways, and 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 maybe slow down. And it depends. Obviously, it depends on how we want to live our lives. I I imagine that I I'm going to want to push that comfort zone a little bit throughout life. Um, but on the other hand, I have to say, maybe for me, maybe I'm 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 an oddball, but I think I was much more in the comfort zone when I was younger. In that, I was more fearful. I was more fearful of getting it wrong, or you know, saying the wrong things, or thinking I had to be a certain way. And a lot of that, I have managed to worked hard on it, but I've gotten rid of it over the years to a large degree, at least, you know, not fully. Um, so. Yeah, I think it could probably go either way. So it's something we can we can learn as we flex the muscle, push ourselves yeah. out of the comfort zone, and we guess we we'll guess we do it more and more. We we get more and more comfortable with it. I, I suspect. Yeah. And I, guess, you, yeah I was just going to say. I was just saying that. I was thinking that when you were talking about when we were getting together in Windsor last week, um, I think that was some going beyond the comfort zone as well. Because as you mentioned, we were. To, to release creativity, we were indeed coached to to do some painting and to write poetry, and and uh, and I I wrote poetry and painted for the first time in probably fifty years or something, and it was uh, yeah, it was quite something, quite liberating, I have to say. We also we also discovered that you have a talent for it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Oh, no, I think you do. I think you do. You were you were definitely definitely teacher's pet, definitely. <laughs> 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 you definitely definitely observed we had all noticed there was definitely talent there um so, so john how about how about you how about you in terms of uh, what's been happening to you and what's pushed you outside of your comfort zone well chris I first spoke. of all thank you very much for the invite on the show it's great to, to talk and looking forward to as, as elizabeth's already started to talk about the experiences of uh, the collective in windsor uh, and what an inspiring event that was um, in terms of uh, what's been happening to me that's taken me on my comfort zone since I was last on the show, 
I think the last time I was on the show, I had the honour of deputising for the great Chris Cooper uh, when he was he was taking one of his many holidays. Um, so that I reckon is about a, a year, fifteen months ago. Um, and of course, you, you folks both know, uh, but the listeners don't, that uh, I rather unexpectedly suffered a stroke about uh, just over a year ago now. So that's been quite, uh, you know, it certainly takes you out of your comfort zone in more than just one way. But in terms of uh, the impact that that has on your on your business and your business life, of course, I had to kind of put the the business on ice for a while because the the, the those that, that know about these things, the medical advice was, you know, just just chill out a bit, John, remove a little bit of stress, a bit a bit of time out to take a bit of time out of your out of your schedule to let yourself heal and all this kind of thing, and then. In terms of, again, moving out of the comfort zone and facing your fears, which I know is something we're going to go on and talk about, it was getting back in front of, of, of clients and in front of large groups of people. As you know, I, uh, I teach MBA students uh, at a, a couple of universities, quite a bit of face-to-face as well as, on, uh, as well as on Zoom. And the first time you step back out in front of them, because the stroke for, for, for the listeners' benefit affected uh, part of my vision, um, first time you step out in front of an audience and there's quite a lot of them that you can't see very clearly, it gets quite, uh, it, it's quite a scary thing to do until you get into your rhythm, you, you think, well, what's the worst that can happen here? Uh, and, and the worst that can happen is, is maybe you have to stop and, and, and recalibrate and, and uh, a little bit more deliberate in your delivery, but you've got your audience on side because they're aware of, of, of the background. So it's, um, I, I guess... That's probably the best example in terms of how it's affected uh, you know, the per- personal side where you have to, you know, take time out. And also when you get back in the saddle, don't be concerned. Don't be too worried about how you're going to come across because uh, people will uh, will accept you for, for what you are. It, it hasn't thankfully damaged any of the of the knowledge tapped up in the old grey matter. So uh, it was and I got some very good feedback from the students. So that became, uh, you know, very affirming and 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 uh, and, and very rewarding, and uh, and I've I've taken it from there. It's now now time to uh, to to take it up a level as uh, it's gone past a year since uh, since the event. So uh, yeah, oh. it's uh, that that is that's that's certainly pushed me out of my comfort zone. So so John, I, you know, I want to thank you there because you've really helped me. Because the the next time I'm in a hospital having having a major surgery, I'm going to reframe it as as going on one of my many holidays. <laughs> Which for the, listen, for the listeners' benefit, will know that it's actually me that takes that, or certainly has taken many holidays since <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to try and uh, to recalibrate or whatever excuse it is I use for going away regularly. Uh, and Chris is always going, "You're not going on another holiday." So uh, so don't worry, listeners. He's he's always hard at it. Uh, improving the show and, and and working hard with with his elevation collective, which I know we're going to go on and talk about. Yeah, well, I think I think John, you actually I think you're slightly harder than Richard Branson to get hold of, um, which is uh, <laughs> so as, as you can tell here, I've got I have we we're all really good friends <laughs> today, which is great. So uh, here a bit of leg pulling and banter. That's um, uh, that's all all very good with us. Um, I should also you know, we're going to the collective event. I mean, for me, that was something that push me outside of my comfort zone initially and you know, i feel very i'm very fortunate everybody in when you do something like a, a podcast show um you get to meet a lot of people and this is episode 530 so i've met a few people over the years and um, what i decided in lockdown to do was to bring some of those people together and just see what ha- would happen um we did that online and, and it became very special a very special community and very special for me too 
Um, but even doing that, you know, when I know these amazing people, what would happen when you bring them together was a, a step into the unknown. And a step into the unknown was actually what would happen if I invite them to a, you know, a physical event and people fly in and would they get on and, you know, what, what they expect in terms of the environment and um, how, how should we create the space for everybody to have an amazing few days together. Um, so, yeah, that was pushing me um, into a new kind of threshold uh, to go and do that. So I wonder, uh, John, sort of briefly, and then I'll ask Elizabeth, you know, what did you, you know, what did you take from that event that uh, helps or helped in terms of pushing you further out of your comfort zone? Well, you used a phrase in your opening uh, remarks, Chris, thrown into a situation you were not anticipating. Um, and Elizabeth's already alluded to the to the poetry and the uh, and, and the painting. If I, and I, I kind of knew some of what was perhaps in store for us, but if you told me that that I'd uh, create some sort of uh, some sort of painting, uh, not quite as good as Elizabeth's, but but um, you know no no, sh no shortage of effort, uh, and then present it to the group, and then go away and write a piece of poetry uh, in front of a a poet laureate, a, a highly published author in the US. And again, present it back to the team. Then I, I might might have sort of made an excuse and gone out on a phone call for an hour and a half. Um, so it was it was facing those those fears, thrown into a situation you're not anticipating, and and my expectations of the event were exceeded. Now you can ask the question: Well, that depends on how high your expectations were. Well, my expectations were pretty high because of the. Uh, and, and my daughter's moved to the US recently, so I'm going to use a frequently used expression that she's inherited from her US colleagues, and that's awesome. Um, the, the awesome caliber of the people who were going to be in the room, many of whom I hadn't met at all. So it was um, re really not just being pushed uh, beyond your comfort zone, but realizing that if you, uh, if you were in a situation where you didn't feel too confident, there were people around you who were all united as a team to help everybody get the very the, the, the most out of it so it was a very safe environment where you felt that you could uh you know if anybody made an error then it was laughed about and, and we moved on and and uh the, the team spirit was great so uh yes it's an absolutely terrific event i can't wait till the next one in the us next year we had um <clears throat> talking about that i had um peter kelly detweiler who's who is one of the world's leading energy consultants sitting next to me while i was painting and Peter was giving me great encouragement by just quietly whispering to me, Chris, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Which was Very just helpful. hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, so how about you, Elizabeth? What did you... Uh, well, I think it was um, it was definitely spot on with what, what John was saying there, when you get those people coming together and you, you feel really good in the environment. And I have to say, I largely, I just felt, it felt like coming home. So to some degree, even though we were doing things that, yeah, pushed us a little bit, it was such a great environment to be with, such fantastic people that it was just such a joy somehow. And it, I thought it was fascinating how most of us had never met, even though we'd met over the years since the pandemic, some of us, but not all of us. But as soon as we met in person, it was like, it was like coming home. It was the weirdest, one, most wonderful thing, actually. So, yeah, we're very pleased that you brought us together, Chris. Fantastic. So how would you define going beyond the comfort zone, Elizabeth? I think it's, um, I think obviously it can happen without choice, clearly. But I think it's also a question of saying, 
it's okay to not know. It's okay to not know what's going to happen. It's okay to take things a step step at a time. And it's somehow trusting yourself that I can manage this. It's okay. I don't need to know everything. I don't always need to be comfortable. You know, it's nice to be comfortable, but not all the time because in that when we go beyond the comfort zone, I think that's where we grow. I think it's hard to have any growth if we're just comfortable. Yeah. So so I guess you know, to give some examples again through the comfort zone, it could be applying for a new job. It couldn't it? It could be um, it could be traveling somewhere you're uncomfortable with. It could be setting up a new business. It could be launching a new product. It could be um, joining a, a fitness club. It could be all sorts of things, really. No, it's not just, uh, as my uh, guest next week, uh, we'll talk about climbing and summiting Mount Everest and, and the like. Mm, mm. Yeah, it can be absolutely anything. So when we hit the comfort zone, I think we we kind of liken it in our conversations. It's like a... It's like a threshold, isn't it? There's a you move into a, a new space with something new to overcome. And when we do that, we often feel resistance. Uh, John, how do we decide whether we should actually go over that threshold or not? Well, that's a great question, Chris. Um, I think that w we do come across those thresholds, and sometimes it's a case of recognizing, uh, asking yourself the question. Am I, am I getting a bit too comfortable with, with this? Uh, and what's your measure of comfort? Is it uh, is it sort of a monetary measure? Is it a, uh, a sort of sort of physical measure? Is it is it in your head? Is it is it something to do with your mentality? I think it's probably a combination of of all of those things. And then also getting over the barrier or, or the threshold of well, actually, it's quite nice being in this comfort zone. Why should I go and push any harder? And I think that probably is is the uh, the trigger to say well i can probably do a little bit better i can do a little bit better in my community i can do a little bit better uh, you mentioned about the elevation collective being uh, a group of like-minded certainly like-minded people who'd like to contribute more to a better world so how do you go about doing that how do you push yourself over that threshold um and what might be the resistance the resistance might be friends and family it might be all in your head and we'll talk i know we're going to talk a little bit later about one of the concepts that came out of the collective which was uh, the 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 set our session in uh, in windsor which was about getting out of your own way um so i think i think there's a combination of factors there that uh, that, that combine and and you come to a point and say yes okay think just thinking it through it's time i pushed on hard through this um and went off and explored uh, new ways of working or, or new contacts, new ways of reaching out um, to uh, uh, to make a difference in, in whatever it is that your your hopefully your noble purpose may be. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's not easy. I think perhaps the more experienced you get, the more mature you get, you can rely on quite a lot of life experience. And uh, and I also think it's a great idea to to, to take feedback from um, from peers and from. Uh, friends and neighbours and, and family, uh, as, as to you know, this is this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? As we've done, Chris, with the uh, with the, the the seat of magnificence, uh, which I'm sure we can go on and explain to, to listeners that that we use during the the Windsor session that we use on the collectives, where we uh, we get together as a group to to uh, to help the thought process of what one of the team's uh, individual challenges that they may face. So uh, yeah, okay. it's a it's it's a it's a complex uh, sort of matter to try and sort your way through but uh 
I think a combination of, of, of what I've talk, talked about <clears throat> would probably help. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. okay. Well, so just um, <coughs> just thinking about the idea of threshold is something I remember picking up for one of these shows many years ago was the idea of almost every conversation being a threshold. Every if you're if you're, if you're in an office, for example, you know, moving from one space to another to another conversation to a meeting or going onto the phone onto the phone, it's it's you're going through a new sort of mini threshold and bringing your presence to it. And really, the, being very present in that moment, and doing your best, and being your best in that moment, it uh, all adds up to over a period of time to lots of successful moments and and good forward progression. Um, so I think there's like a mini thresholds that we go through, but I think what we're talking about is maybe that point when you're really thinking, mm, something's come up. It's a new opportunity. It's a new business idea, and and we realise there's actually quite a a large leap that we've got to take uh, to move from one side to the other. So Elizabeth, how do we best access both the strengths and the wisdom to push uh, through what might seem a major hurdle? Um, I think it's very much about, we need to sort of stop and find find the the wisdom and the and the strength by actually reflecting on it not just be busy rushing around but actually stopping and saying okay what do i need some self-care how do i look after myself am i in a good place what am i thinking about am i worried am i stressed what do i need to do for myself so it's a little bit almost like on a plane when they're saying that if the oxygen mask comes down you need to put on your own mask before helping someone else and I think if you're going to push yourself beyond the comfort zone, you really need to put on that oxygen mask. You need to look out for yourself. You need to look at your strengths and say, you know, what are my strengths that are going to help me now to really do an inventory of that and say, how can I use the strength in this particular moment to, to push my way through? But also, am I energizing myself enough? Am I doing the kind of things that I actually feel good and strong and, and, and powerful when I do? Because if we're not in a good state of mind, if we're not in a good mindset and feel good, it will be very hard to find the strength to push through. Yeah, yeah. And how, how um, that wisdom. So we've, we, we, we talked quite a bit last week about our inner wisdom, our inner genius which we, because often what we do is we we look outside, don't we, for strength. We we go and talk to lots of people, get yeah. get their opinion on something. Mm. Where where is is there another source of wisdom than going out and talking to others for advice? That we should. I think we all. Yeah, to? I mean, we always need other people's advice as well, and we can be so much more clever together with the brain power of everyone. But we also need to listen inwards. We have so much wisdom, all of us. And it's a question of trusting that and saying, you know, let me just reflect on this, what's happening then, and even start start writing about something like we were doing there last weekend. Just start writing. And you don't need to think about what you're writing, just start writing. Just start to get your mind flowing it tends to be a really good way of doing it as well. Yeah, because we can spend a lot of time with our rational mind, can't we? Yeah, uh, actually, it takes over the... too much. Yeah. Too much. Actually, we know the answers quite often inside of us. I mean, we had a lovely example the other night with somebody we were, the three of us were working with online, and actually they'd, they'd kind of fed back to us rationally what um, 
you know what it was they're all about but somehow they hadn't internalized it because <laughs> suddenly you feed it feed it back to them and it's like a miracle has happened they, they just weren't quite seeing it for themselves it was quite interesting yeah. um but we do but he, that person already knew inside where they were heading they just hadn't uh somehow rationally comprehended it and i don't, I don't know about you but I, I find some of this access to this inner wisdom i go i go for a walk and you know the, the ideas creative ideas pop up and i maybe um, I pose a question to myself before I go to sleep and I find in the morning I might have an answer and so it didn't come necessarily from a linear no, approach no. a rational approach and is it you never know when it's going to come but I think you're right just change of scenery can do it uh, going out for a walk as you say going for a run doing something that takes you away from your just regular business thinking or you actually free up that mind in, in that respect and and just if you experience something different, it's bound to shift your thinking in some kind of way so that you can have access to more of, of what, what you know, really. Yeah. I mean, do you think, we'll ask the question about path, next question after the break, but do you think, uh, do you think there is, do you think there is a path for us that is laid out for us uh, and we just have to accept it and move forward or is it all based upon our own rational making a creating a vision and yeah i mean i th i think we have all sorts of options there is sometimes we need to to sort of create that path ourselves it's never going to be the exact path to to walk on that someone else has walked before you know we need to we need to make our own mark as well and and yeah sometimes do go for the road less traveled Mm. that was really the big thing for me actually i took out of last week was this notion that you make the path by walking and you know, i certainly in my past would often ask people lots lots and lots of advice and you get all sorts of different views and viewpoints and you try and assimilate that when actually sometimes if you feel compelled to move in a direction just just get walking and walk walk towards it and um you, you pave the way yeah, yeah. And, and trust that you will get somewhere. You don't know necessarily what the road's going to look like, but when you start moving, things happen anyway. It does, doesn't it? It 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 it, it opens up opportunity and potential. But if you stay static, it's it's you're not making any progress. Then you're static. Yeah, you just and you're static. We've just got a, uh, about a minute and a half to commercial break, John. Any any thoughts for you on that? Well. I think the, uh, the this inner wisdom piece is something that, that Elizabeth mentioned, and in fact, you both mentioned, and I think that is very, very relevant. Uh, we talked about it on the uh, at the event about the inner you, and we called it the muse and, and, and other descriptors. And a lot of it does come from within. There's, um, I, I do think when you, Chris, you said that you used to ask people's opinion and you know take counsel i think that's still a very wise thing to do but then you've got to take that first step and as elizabeth has said strange and wonderful things can happen once you've set out on the jet stuff that you weren't really expecting to happen and uh but you're never going to find out unless you were uh, unless you take that first step and i think that that's absolutely key to it you know what sometimes it's what's the worst that can happen the the you know Life is what can happen while you're busy making plans. That's uh, mm. some, yeah, some, something I've always latched onto. And um, 
uh, I, I think taking that into context and thinking, yeah, okay, well, let's just let's just take that step. Let's 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 do it, uh, and uh, and and we'll uh, we'll we'll deal with the issues as they come along. Fantastic. Well, on that point, we're going to go to commercial break, and after the commercial break, I'd like to explore. Uh, it was a model that I'd not I'd not heard of before, and Elizabeth shared it with John and I this morning when we were talking about the conversation we were going to have, and it was uh, really interesting and helpful. And it came from uh, a program that Elizabeth had done around neuroscience and uh, and how our brain works, and it might be one that can help you to take the leap and and also think about how you might help others when they want to take a leap too across a a threshold that's beyond their comfort zone. Back again with you in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with uh, elizabeth vinberg hearn and john jennings and we've been talking about going beyond the comfort zone and uh, we were just talking in the break, Elizabeth, and you wanted to ask me a question. Yeah, so I was thinking, we talk about this threshold, so this place in between what has been and what is to come. So when we're at a shift, when we're moving into something maybe a little unknown. So what I was, wanted to ask you was, when we see a threshold, should we always step over it? 
It's it's a good a good question, and I think it would depend upon the situation and how important it is to you. I was just being you know, thinking about you know if you see an opportunity to squeeze in between traffic in your car, sometimes it might be an opportunity that's worth taking. It's, there might be enough space, and sometimes you might create a risk that it just isn't worth taking. So I suppose you've got to weigh up you've got to weigh up the the risks that might be involved and think it through. And some of those risks should be things like, you know, how ethical is it for your family? If you're taking on something, something extra, how, how much risk might it put around your finances? Does it take me towards where I ultimately want to go? And I suppose uh, I, I sort of feel if something takes you towards a noble purpose that you maybe have, yet you want to, and it's, and it's in line with that. And it also, it feels feels possible, but it feels a stretch. Uh, or if you just feel compelled to do it, I mean, I we've talked about the the collective, and I have felt with it that I had to do this, whether I felt like it or not. <laughs> it was almost like I felt like I'm meant to do it, and yeah. it, it felt like a a destiny part of my path, my path that I had to do this. Um, so that has kind of swept me along like the t- like a tide, really. Uh, and is helping me overcome some of the obstacles that I'm meeting along the way. Mm, interesting. What do you think, John? What do you think about, do we need to step over all the thresholds? Yeah, I think uh, quite a few, <laughs> quite a few, I observed quite a few thresholds being stepped over, I think, uh, last weekend in, uh, in in Windsor at the event, where mm. people were kind of going, well, why not? In one of the groups I was... Uh, uh, I'd had the privilege to be be part of with some you know some really serious uh, serious thought leaders and thinkers in the world of leadership and and authorship of of, uh, of best selling books. Uh, th- th- there was one particular challenge that that one of the team was feeling about wanting to follow their passion, but worried about uh, that that they couldn't put their business on ice because their clients would desert them. And uh, so, so I didn't exactly offer great insight. I just said, well, I can't imagine anybody leaving you with your skill set and, and what you can do for both individuals and, and businesses. So follow your passion. And I was credited with this great foresight of, uh, of, of, of you know, wise words. But in fact, it's, it's sometimes you just need to share those, those uh, what's on your mind for other people to help you tackle the issue and say, right, yes, I am going to step over this threshold and move on and and uh, and, and and make our make make my own path. So yeah, I think that's it's it's uh, it's very relevant what you've been talking about. Although there are people people aren't they making decisions around the world, which you know can you know could in, in serious ones that could impact them personally. You know, very obviously, you know, in in, in war zones, and we had one person last week who wants to be. Can help the black community and um, help uh, the white community to understand them even better and be more supportive and 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 more supportive of helping them through the career their career paths and etc however it was very concerned that there could be some groups out there which would take you know take offense and uh and it could potentially even put them in dan- personal danger so i suppose those sorts of things you have to weigh up you know is is your the, the desire and the need for this more important than your own personal safety those can be big decisions that we have to make so some decisions are going to require us to really think them through now elizabeth you shared with me 
a model that can help us to make a leap. Um, it was called the SCARF model. Do you want to tell us what, a little bit about the SCARF model? Absolutely. So the SCARF model is um, is created by um, uh, David Rock at the Neuroleadership Institute. And what it is, and it's a really interesting one, I'm, I'm fascinated by how the brain works, so it's all based in neuroscience research. And what it's talking about is saying that um, you can look at how people respond to change and perceive threats and rewards. So say, for example, uh, if, if we see a, a tiger in front of us, our brain will straight away know that, okay, there's a wild tiger there, I need to run, right? It might not, I might not be fast enough, but either way, it's going to be the, the first reaction we have. But the brain will also have the similar uh, reactions to social events that can be seen as either threatening or rewarding. The brain can't always tell the difference between real physical threat and sort of more emotional or social threat. So what that means, for example, if someone's uh, standing in front of a change or they're thinking about, should I push myself past this, this comfort zone? Um, they may feel threatened uh, by their having their status threatened, for example. So SCARF is an abbreviation for status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. So if I think that pushing myself past this threshold, for example, and really doing something I haven't done before, if I think that's going to in some way threaten my status, so I feel less or, or less good compared to other people, I may not want to do it because my, my personal status is threatened. And if status matters to me, then I'm going to avoid doing it. Whereas if I can feel that actually if status is important to me and pushing past this will do something for my status, then that I will move in that direction. And it's the same thing. Certainty is about, you know, our ability to predict outcomes. Autonomy is about having a sense of control or not. Relatedness is whether we feel part of a group or if we feel excluded. And fairness, if we have a perception of there being a fair exchange that we've been privy to. So what I want to say with this model is the following, is that at any given time, when you're communicating with someone else, you want to communicate communicate with them in such a way that they don't feel threatened because if they feel threatened they're not going to have access to the part of the brain that where they can think creative thoughts and come up with solutions they're going to be in that fight or flight mode where they only go on automatic reactions so for that reason if we can communicate in a more brain friendly way then people will have access to all their creative and, and clever thinking capability to be able to make the right decisions about whether to step over the threshold, for example. So um, it's helping people to see that there are opportunities for them in something rather than expressing it in such a way that they feel oh, panic. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And of course, this is easier to do when you know someone because then you, you probably understand enough about them to see what might trigger them to feel threatened. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think so. So if, if I'm, um, so, I, so I can see two, there's a sort of self-management aspect to this so yes. if we're thinking about going across the threshold maybe we want to think um about we might want to think actually how does this impact my status in the world um am yep. i going to feel better about myself or am i going to feel less about myself um by taking this 
um, could this impact my safety and, my, and how safe I feel in my work if I'm taking some sort of a risk? Mm-hmm. Um, the autonomy bit, I'm thinking that's probably about, um, you know, am I going to give myself more control? I'm, I, I'm almost starting to relate this now to, you know, leaving leaving a corporate company or something and setting up on yeah, your own. Yeah. So I, I, I remember when I first left you know, a company, I had quite a lot of status in that company. When I set up on my own, I suddenly realized I didn't have any, <laughs> you know, um, and I had to sort of rebuild that again. And, and it was a, and it didn't also, it, it felt exciting, but it didn't feel as safe because there wasn't a regular paycheck. Um, but it did give me more autonomy in, ter- in the respect of that I was more in control of my own fate. Yeah. Um, but I also had to find some relatedness in terms of I'd lost a group that I belonged to in 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 the company so i needed to find other groups that i could mm. kind of relate to and i guess a collective like that um Absolutely. and i suppose what it did do too is around fairness i'm just wondering if that gave me an opportunity to ensure that i, I probably was more cultural thing that i could be more fair than the company i worked for perhaps um mm. but, but i suppose um if th- those are the aspects then as you say that you can utilize with others when you're actually trying to help them over the threshold so i think also for yourself so say for example that you if certainty is really important for you it might be difficult to step over the threshold into something that might feel relatively unknown or or not that certain so what you can do then if you know that certainty is important for you and otherwise you're not going to step over then you can start looking at what are the kind of things I can be certain about. So if I'm setting up a new business venture, for example, it might be that I've started to build a little bit of a plan. I've found some people that can be part of a, like a mastermind group that I can can throw ideas around with and, and create some of those little pieces of certainty can be enough to want to take the first step because I've satisfied that part of me that needs that kind of certainty. Yeah, yes. Yes, um, <clears throat> that makes sense, and I, and I think it, you know, that bit about the group there. It, we all need to be around others, and uh, generally, and it helps to be inspired by others, and um, knowing our own psychology that actually we're probably going to need to, if we if we're, if we're losing losing our groups, we need to maybe find others uh, to satisfy us. Our and I, I think audience. we massively need other people in our much as we have a lot of our own wisdom of course but no one's going to have all the answers we need other people because because we like them and because we enjoy their company but because they will challenge our thinking and because we're gonna have new ideas together that wouldn't have come up otherwise there are so many absolutely wonderful things with really finding the people around you that you can connect with and do things with when you when you you, you uh, you're going on this doing all of this studying around neuroscience and you talk mentioned about working in a, a brain friendly way and communicating in a brain friendly mm-hmm. way with people and and there's something it's, it's slightly off topic but it's something that really hit me and actually when you shared it has been a, a distinction that has been so important in my work and that is be communicating in a brain friendly way that you are not over communicating so you yes. spend more time listening yes. and being specific because actually our brains are full of stuff, aren't they? And if someone is yeah. talking at us and talking at us, we just, we, we lose the thread. We, we, it just adds confusion. 
yeah absolutely and that's a really big part of it actually to to not confuse to not um yeah to not create that sense of what is this all about and because then also you will lose people because they're just trying to figure that out we've just got probably probably another eight minutes or something like that to the end of the interview and i'm just wondering we, we've we're stepping over that threshold where we're moving into doing something new. We've maybe set up a new business or we've uh, gone and taken on a, a new role, but things are getting hard. We're, we're hitting obstacles. How do you keep motivation up and keep that momentum flowing forward, John? Any thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, Elizabeth mentioned something when she talked about setting up a new venture, um, which is part of the question you just asked, Chris. Uh, about establishing a mastermind group and i was i was minded thinking of uh, listening to elizabeth talking about the scarf model uh, about um a well-established model for when you're in a change situation which is always the case if it's setting up a new venture or maintaining the momentum improving the momentum and motivation for a new venture uh, and, and one that i use quite frequently with mba students and, that, and that's good old john cotter's model on uh, eight steps for eight step process for leading change I don't, I don't, you know, don't worry, dear listener, I'm not going to go through all of the eight steps. But interestingly enough, the first of, of Professor Cotter's steps was to establish a guiding coalition. That's exactly what Elizabeth was talking about when she said mastermind group. So that's all part of of involving people. So if it's, if it's a venture that involves uh, a group of people uh, in, a, in, a, in a business, maybe, maybe your own business or maybe a business that you're helping if they're a client, then... Uh, having some structure around with flexibility, I think, is really helpful in keeping up motivation because a uh, 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 momentum. Because, if, for example, one of of Cotter's steps is celebrating um, uh, wins. You know, when things are going well, let's let's uh, let's make sure that everybody knows about it and, and everybody gets a bit of a feel good factor. I think then there's all, obviously always also the uh, your own internal your uh, motivation, and I think. Uh, constantly revisiting your, you know, you you mentioned you called it the noble purpose, Chris. Um, sometimes you can go a little bit off track, and you say, "Hang on a second, what was it I was really setting out for, for in the first place? What was the purpose of this?" Realigning yourself, uh, and then be your own work. In my case, be your own worst critic. Ask people for feedback constantly. What can we? Do? What can I do better? What can we as a team do better? Um, and then you know, I, I I do think people can develop their own uh, motivation by uh, by by good leadership, which uh, the use of models I think is is always very useful. Uh, I've always tried to use them in a kind of uh, menu rather than um, recipe type of uh, approach. Um, but uh, I, I think it's always helpful to have a, a structure there to keep everything on track and 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 build momentum. Lots of things to think about. Any thoughts for you, Elizabeth? I think it's uh, if you. If you're working with someone else and you sort of make a pledge together, so you mentioned that uh, I, I've just written my fourth book and I write books with my dear friend Mandy Flint, and uh, there is something about the commitment when you're saying you're going to do something. I don't know if I could have ever written four books on my own. There is something in that sort of partnership when you make a commitment together, because then you have a commitment towards someone else as well, and you do want to let you don't want to let them down. And as much as you know you're different and you have different input and and, and different type of creativity, that is helpful as well. But there's something about that. I get a lot of motivation from having promised someone else something. 
simple mm. well one thing we haven't spoken about which i think can be really helpful in uh, in getting help for you you know when, when you ask um if you ask something a bit with motivation momentum is actually being prepared enough to be vulnerable not moaning to somebody but just uh mm. starting to share what's really going on for you um because w when people know that you need help what often happens is people come to your aid and give you because they want to give you help and support so is this something that being prepared to be vulnerable that's important definitely i think you you need to you need to to because i think if you're really going to connect with someone you can't not be vulnerable you you need to understand each other on that kind of level if you're really going to be working together or collaborating in some kind of way and show some kind of vulnerability and because we also connect with that and it, it shows where we need support maybe but it also shows that we sit, feel safe enough to be a bit vulnerable is there something as well in the in the journey in terms of just being being kind to people through your working life and your life so that you know what if you have been kind to people and you have been giving of people that maybe at some point when you need it they will you know very quickly come and help you um if you if you haven't been <laughs> um but people probably want to stay away from you so i suppose there's maybe a, 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 be a behavior which could be helpful but it's true though we we uh we attract what we send out in that respect. You know, if we are kind, people tend to be kind back. If we're if we're mean, people tend to be mean back or even avoid us. So it does, you know, it does matter. We have an impact out there. Yeah. Uh, some, certainly something I felt last week, I think it was an environment last week and at, at our event where I've won just so much respect and kindness and love. There was no egos in the room. Uh, there was, it was just everybody was there together proud and pleased to be with each other and that was just a lovely basis there was no no stress no one jockeying for position and sometimes in those situations when you can build a group of, of people and bring them together and you can all be all be one and at ease with each other i think it allows much more creativity and uh, it allows more it, it provides a, a lovely fertile ground to discuss your initiatives and get creative in helping each other um this was something i i experienced so do you do you have a a fight we've got uh, just a, about a couple of minutes until we're going to need to wrap up um three minutes do you have a, a final message you'd like to leave us with um i'll start with you john actually okay thanks chris um i think my message would be take taken not just from what we talked about what went on in in uh in windsor at the elevation collective and what we talk about on our regular calls uh, would be just to relate very quickly back to a little story. Um, uh, never give up is my adage. And I'll put that in the context of after over 40 years of searching for my uh, birth family, I was uh, adopted at the age of five weeks old. Um, I never knew who they were. Uh, but after a search that I started uh, when I was 21, after about 40 years, giving my age away there, um, and lots and lots and lots of obstacles, um, I, uh, I actually found what I was looking for and, uh, it's been hugely rewarding and has taught me lots of, uh, lessons about never giving up. So, um, that would be my key takeaway that in all of these things, when you, when you're facing new challenges, never give up. 
Well, thank you, John. I'm now deeply regretting that we didn't mention that right at the beginning because that's a, <laughs> it's an amazing, no amazing story. And you've discovered a huge amount of siblings, haven't you? You've got four. Absolutely, four, yeah. I'm just, just going to start writing the Christmas cards now, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, congratulations on that. It's a, it's a be beautiful story. Um, how about you, Elizabeth? Oh, I love that story. I, I That's taken me off in all sorts of directions now. I do <laughs> love that. I'm so pleased for you, John. I think it's wonderful. I would just say, I think it's finding the joy in something. If we can find joy in what's on the other side of the threshold, even if it's scary as well, then I think, then I think it it becomes very appealing. So I think it's important for it to be joyful as much as possible. Fantastic. Well, it's been joyful talking to the two of you today. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> to you. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for for joining us and i suppose my you know my final message here is um is you know just just weigh it up and if you get that feeling take take the step but also engage with other people kind of who can kind of help you and i suppose to look back one day when you're maybe in your 80s or 90s you might be sitting there with a a cup of tea or coffee or, or a drink whatever it is for you and you want to look back on life and be able to enjoy it all over again and think actually i did make a difference um on next week's show we got, um it's gonna have neil lawton um he's got a new book called adventure holic uh, and uh, i'm gonna repeat an interview as i'm actually i'm gonna have a holiday next week uh, i need a little break been, been been very busy and then after that the following week is alan bernard he's a theory of constraints expert but he is an incredible guy his website is incredible he, he the people that he knows when you look at his site is is beyond imagination i think there's pictures there with him with richard branson and well-known rock stars and all sorts i think kiss are one of his clients believe it or not he's and he also his uh systems um are utilized by people major companies like amazon to there's the virtual reality sites they can go into and they can model their businesses in there and and we'll work out if I make this decision, what's going to happen. So do do uh, do check that out. Um, and um, there'll be more information around the the communities that I'm creating. Will will start to appear. There's a new website being developed at the moment. Um, my site is chriscooper.co.uk. But there's a new site which will feature more information about the collective. And over time, we'll start to create more community um, because I think community is so important for us to be able to step up and move forward and contribute in whatever way we can to adding value and supporting and improving this rather messy world right now. I think it's down to us um, to be able to contribute to that and uh, and help because um, not everybody's making it, doing a good job of it. So we're back again with you next week um, with that repeat show with Neil Lawton. Then I'll be back live with Alan Bernard in a couple of weeks' time. Take care, everybody. Never give up. Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. 